Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Strong Her Way to Eat, Move, and Live. Here we talk all things food, freedom, fitness, and life transformation, helping you heal your relationship to food, exercise your body, and ultimately yourself. I hope your day has been kind to you so far. I hope you had a great and lovely and hopefully somewhat relaxing weekend. Um, My day here has been pretty good so far. I got to record another podcast episode with a special guest, and I am so excited to share that with you guys in a few weeks. I am driving the carpool tonight for soccer, and we really have kind of the last school, last week of school shenanigans in full force here. It is uh, really hard to believe that my babies are going to be in high school and middle school this next year. Uh, A few weeks ago, I was really kind of having some emotional breakdown, I guess. Let's use the word breakdown very mildly and very loosely. But just having all of the emotions kind of reflecting on um, the fact that we really do only have about four years left with Kennedy, our oldest one in the house. And I know those four years are going to fly. And I am just hoping and praying that we have done our best job to prepare her for the world. Um, so my advice, even though this is not a parenting uh, podcast, is to just make sure that you are hugging your kids while you can. Tell them that you love them more than maybe you think is necessary or than you think that you should and really just savor each and every moment. Um, It goes really fast, which of course I know all of those things are much easier to do uh, when you're getting along with them, when they are behaving and all of those things. But anyway, uh, let's get into the topic for today. We are going to be talking about food trust and really what we are talking about is you learning how to trust yourself around foods and specifically the foods that it's really easy for you to maybe just eat and eat and eat um, or that you feel really out of control of. Most of my clients feel like there is at least one food or maybe food group that they feel totally out of control around. Maybe it's chips, maybe it's ice cream, um, maybe it's cookies or cereal. And ironically, the more restricted you feel around food because you're thinking that you can't have that specific food or that food is bad or it's off limits, the more out of control you likely tend to act when you're in the presence of that food or when that food is around you. So this really does end up being kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy is that you believe that you can't be trusted around that food. So fill in the blank for you. And you act in a way that is sort of out of control with it, right? That would really lead you to believe that, yeah, I can't be trusted with that. So maybe it's eating the food until you feel sick or you feel stuffed or uh, you just feel like you can't even stop eating the food until the entire container of it is gone. Um, Truth be told, that was how I felt around Cheetos at one point in my life. I thought, oh my gosh, like if I start eating these, there is absolutely no way that I will be able to stop myself. And so for a long time, my solution was to really just not have the food in the house, right? It was like, well, if it's just not here, it's out of sight, it's out of mind. But inevitably at a barbecue or something like that, I would be around those Cheetos or the chips or whatever it was And I would have that same sort of behavior of not being able to control myself. It was like my my hand would be going back and forth between the bag and my mouth so fast that I wouldn't even know what to do. 
Um, bread was another big thing for me, especially when I was really focused on kind of that super clean or eating really clean and super low carb. Uh, bread was like that forbidden fruit for me. Now, in all fairness to you and to everybody out there, there are definitely certain foods that are much easier to eat past what we want to or past fullness um, because of how they're engineered, right? So I'm talking specifically about processed foods. So the more processed a food is, oftentimes the more sugar, salt, and fat is added to those foods, making them super palatable, really delicious and way too easy to just keep eating mindlessly because they bypass that part of your brain that tells you when you're feeling satisfied or full. So it's the reason that you can eat, you know, a bag of potato chips and still feel hungry. Your body has essentially not registered the amount of calories or energy that just came in from those bag of chips. So it's not entirely your fault if you find, especially that it is hard for you to stop eating the cookies, the chips, the ice cream, or anything that is super processed. And ultimately, unfortunately, this just kind of adds to that evidence that you have been building against yourself to support your belief that you can't be trusted with that particular food. But it might, it might not even really be that food, but more so the way that that food is engineered to really hit all of your pleasure spots in your brain. So oftentimes what ends up happening is we think that we need to just put a bunch of food rules in place or perhaps a super rigid structure around foods or like I mentioned above or earlier, just not keeping them in the house in order to keep us you know, on track or just not eating those foods. These rules tend to be reinforced oftentimes by that underlying feeling or energy of willpower and self-criticism oftentimes a lot of judgment. And eventually, if we are doing anything from that perspective or from that energy and that fuel, it's going to stop working, right? Or maybe life just gets in the way, the stress levels rise to kind of a breaking point, And eventually, you just find yourself saying to heck with all of these food rules, and you just go for it and you eat all of the food, right? Until oftentimes we feel sick or it's gone. So how do you stop this cycle? How do you really learn how to have the foods that you enjoy, but having those foods in the amount that you want and not feeling like you're just mindlessly eating them or like that food is somehow controlling you? And really and truly, this starts by healing your relationship to those specific foods, by learning how to eat them in the amount that you want and then being able to stop yourself not because you're forcing yourself to stop eating it or you're just not ever going to be around it again, but because you truly do have sort of that sense of self-control around those specific foods and not the other way around, not feeling like the chips or the ice cream is controlling you. Now, of course, one option like we've talked about is to simply just not keep those foods in the house. Um, this might be a strategy that could work for some people for a little while, but what happens when you end up being in a situation where you're around those foods, right? Or it's like the urge to eat that food becomes so strong that you cave into it, you run to the store and you buy it really quick. So I want you to essentially get to the place where you can truly take or leave that specific food that feels like it's that out of control food for you. So where you are really being conscious of eating the food and in the amount that you want to be eating it. 
Healing your relationship with food looks like removing any sort of demonization of specific foods. So in, you know, mainstream health and fitness and, and all of the diet books, there's always or often, I would say a majority of the time, there are foods that are labeled like the good foods or the bad foods or the off limit foods. But really what this does is this just makes us feel super restricted around certain foods. And when we don't have the tools or the ability to really tap into kind of that upper part of our brain to make those conscious decisions, we oftentimes end up just defaulting and trying to rely on um, willpower to avoid eating those foods. So instead of demonizing foods, instead of having the good foods or the bad foods, I want you to just open yourself up to the concept that there really is just food. Now, of course, some of it might be better suited for providing your body with the essential nutrients and things that it needs in order to run and function at its best, while other foods might be better suited for just pleasure or enjoyment. And sometimes foods can be both, right? I think we have that idea or that notion that quote unquote healthy foods tend to be bland or they tend to be boring and that all treat foods need to be, you know, super high in sugar or, you know, super like quote unquote bad for us, right? But oftentimes we can learn how to make certain foods either a little bit healthier if we want to by making some swaps or we can learn how to make um, you know those quote-unquote healthier foods taste a little bit better so essentially you want to start by just exploring all of your current thoughts and feelings about food and if you have those specific foods like for me i think i shared it was cheetos at one point you'd want to be super specific right so what are those foods that really seem to trigger an emotional response those are going to be the ones that you want to slow yourself down to really explore and for most people i would say this probably tends to be around carbs or sugar so you could do just kind of a lump you know category for carbs or sugar or if you know for yourself that you have that specific food we want to get as nitty-gritty as possible now what i like to have clients do is to simply just kind of journal all of their thoughts and their feelings about the specific thing that we're working on so in this case if it's ice cream then you would maybe put ice cream at the top of the paper and you just want to start recording all of your thoughts about ice cream right like Maybe it's so delicious, it's my favorite thing, it's kind of my go-to comfort food, I feel so guilty after I eat it. It's like whatever those thoughts are, whatever the feelings are that come up for you, you want to just get those into your awareness. Because believe it or not, those thoughts and those feelings are essentially what drives your actions around that particular food. Next, we want to work to normalize. So after we've started to notice those thoughts and those feelings and we have those in our awareness, we want to just kind of start to normalize those thoughts, meaning that we don't want to judge ourselves or judge those thoughts. And then over time, we slowly work to kind of neutralize our thoughts about food, right? So in the example of ice cream, maybe one of your thoughts is ice cream is so bad for me. So then what that would look like to just normalize that is to just notice like, oh yeah, I just kind of have this belief that ice cream is bad for me. But if you also have the other thought that, but I really love ice cream, like ice cream is one of my favorite things because it reminds me of, you know, hanging out at my grandpa's house or something like that, then you're going to see that you're kind of in conflict with yourself because there's part of you that thinks that ice cream is bad, but there's part of you that has this real kind of deep emotional attachment to ice cream. So once we can kind of notice, okay, I have both of these thoughts, 
both of them can exist at the same time, I'm just going to work to kind of normalize the fact that, you know, there's part of me that really likes having ice cream because it reminds me of my grandpa. It kind of comforts me or whatever. And there's also part of me that is a little bit afraid to eat ice cream because I believe that it's bad for me. So notice when I'm saying it like that, I'm just simply being like normal and neutral about it. There's no judgment laced there. These are really just kind of neutral thoughts that I have. Over time, as I start to just become a little bit more aware of all of those negative thoughts that I have about that specific food, I can start to neutralize that, right? So it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe eating like an entire carton of ice cream every single day wouldn't be the best thing for me, but are, you know, can I have just a few bites, right? Or can it be that I can have a little bit of ice cream, kind of reminisce on my relationship with my grandpa or those, you know, those good old days or whatever, and then just move on. So we just really want to work on not only neutralizing our thoughts about the specific foods, but also neutralizing the foods. So all food is neutral. It's on a spectrum, meaning that, again, there are no good or bad foods. We just have this big spectrum of foods. On one end, we have maybe the more highly processed foods, the foods that we would aim to maybe eat less often. On the other end of the spectrum, we have the less processed foods, the foods that we would want to aim to eat more often. And you want to also think, you know, about each food and where it fits for you specifically on that spectrum. What foods play nicely with your body while also honoring your goals? You want to really think about having more of those foods while minimizing the ones that don't. So again, for each of us, that spectrum might look a little bit different. For some people, their body doesn't really play very nicely with dairy or um, gluten. Like if you have celiacs, then obviously gluten is going to be one of those things that you want to completely minimize, if not at all, you know, if not completely eliminate. But for somebody else, like when I think about myself, I want to be able to eat all foods. I don't really have any dietary restrictions or any food allergies. I do notice, you know, sometimes there are certain foods that react to my body or, you know, don't really feel all, I don't feel great after I eat them. So I just am aware of that. And I think about eating those things less, but for somebody else, they might not have those same issues. So you get to essentially kind of decide for yourself, what are the foods that you want to eat less of? What are the foods that you want to eat more of based on both how it feels in your body, makes your body feel, but then also, you know, whatever those current goals are that you're working on. At the end of the day, the goal with this non-diet approach is to put you in the driver's seat around food. You essentially get to call the shots and you can decide really what you want to eat, what you don't want to eat, and you even get to decide how much of it you want to eat, which I, I feel like is such a revolutionary concept because within the dieting industry, we're always kind of used to letting other people sort of be the expert, take the, the lead and kind of tell us what to do. And I think for a lot of us, we think that that's what we want. We think that we want, you know, somebody to just tell us exactly what to eat, how much of it to eat. But even when people have a meal plan put together, or even if somebody gets a diet book or something like that, and they have like a two week meal plan for most people, they don't stay consistent with that or, um, compliant with that for long term. So it really is about you learning how to feed your body based on your goals, based on your lifestyle, but also, and perhaps most importantly, based on how different foods interact with your specific body. 
for a lot of women, this is really the part that kind of keeps them from truly leaving the diet mindset behind. They're too afraid of always eating what they would consider to be junk food and really never being able to stop. And perhaps for some people up to this point, that has been how, you know, that is how it's been. So after you've worked on healing your relationship to food, which is really kind of normalizing food, neutralizing it, removing the labels, and we're not demonizing it anymore, this could be an ongoing process. So just be patient with yourself and just start practicing, you know, noticing when kind of those diety thoughts come up around specific foods and just understanding that at the end of the day, you are deciding what you want to eat and what you don't, right? not based on a diet book, not based on rules, but based on you and based on you being in the driver's seat and making those decisions. So the next step we want to look at is you making a list of all of the specific foods for you that you feel out of control around right now. Now, I want to encourage you to just pick one food at a time. And I would stay, say to start with the one that seems to be like the less the least triggering or the one that has the least amount of control over you and then slowly move up to the one that seems to be where you feel like you really lose your sense of self-control around those foods. And next we want to just practice kind of being with that food. So maybe having it in our house, eating some of it, um, practicing like eating a few bites and then putting it away really just being super mindful and aware of what you notice about how you're feeling, how, what you're thinking about that particular food, what you're thinking about yourself. Do you notice like the urge to go back and eat more of it? So we just want to get used to like having that food around us or like in our space and it kind of just being normal and just being there, right? If this food is neutral, if it's, you know, if it's just the same as essentially having an apple, then there's really nothing like special about it, right? And just the fact of kind of neutralizing the food tends to take a lot of that power away from that specific food. So for you, let's say maybe it's ice cream, right? Maybe ice cream is the thing that you feel like, I cannot keep this in my house because I will eat the entire carton. Maybe you just get a little thing of ice cream, you keep it in your house, you grab just a spoonful of the ice cream, take a small taste, really let it sit on your tongue, What tastes are you noticing? Do you even actually like the taste of it? That was one of the things I was so kind of surprised about was when I really started to slow myself down and be a little bit more present and mindful with food and notice like the tastes, especially of like more processed foods, I started to kind of realize that there were some things that I didn't even really like that much, even though at one point in my life, I had a really hard time, you know, not eating it or, um, not being able to stop myself from eating it rather. How does it feel in your belly or in your body after you eat it? You know, 30 minutes to an hour later, are you noticing any sort of symptoms coming up for you? Um, Maybe you take another bite or two, really just kind of asking yourself those questions again. So just practicing mindfulness, practicing bringing some awareness. Do you notice that it starts to taste maybe less good with each bite? If so, that's totally normal. And it's actually your body's subtle way of telling you that it's had enough of that specific food. But usually we're so busy eating and we're eating too fast that we don't even notice that the food has become like less flavorful or less good. So you'll just kind of keep practicing this practice. You'll just kind of keep implementing this practice with this food until you feel like you are in the driver's seat with it, right? So 
once it kind of feels like it, it doesn't have that same sense of power over you anymore, then you can move on to that next food. So what was that next one that was maybe just a little bit more triggering for you? So some things to keep in mind as we're working on, you know, learning how to trust ourselves around food and healing our relationship to food. You can go out to eat that specific food or maybe just buy a small container of it. So if you're too freaked out about having it in your house for a long term or in larger quantities, then I would say just go out to eat and get the thing, right? Or go buy just a really small container of it and maybe you don't even eat it in your house, but eat it somewhere that you can be not distracted, that you can really focus on having the experience of eating that food so that you can even just start to notice whether or not you like it. When you are practicing this exercise, I would also suggest setting an amount of bites that you want to eat ahead of time. So if we were utilizing the ice cream, that example that I just gave, maybe you pick, you say, okay, I'm gonna do this exercise, I'm gonna have three bites of it. So you just wanna decide that ahead of time. The reason for this is because if we don't, then you very likely could end up just kind of keep eating until it's gone, if that's kind of been your habit. But also, if you set that limit for yourself, let's say three bites, and then you stop yourself at that third bite, you put the food away, you're going to really see like what comes up for you. What are the emotions that are triggered? What are all of the thoughts that are coming up for you? And that's going to be the indicator. That's when you want to grab your notebook or maybe you grab the voice recorder on your phone. You want to record the feelings, record the thoughts that come up for you, because that's going to be the indicator of what you want to specifically work on around that food. That's really going to show you what's kind of happening in your mind. The other thing is by setting that limit of bites, so saying, you know, I'm going to have three bites of this and then I'm going to put it away for a little while, that gives you the ability to have what I call a speed bump moment to really take a break and then decide on purpose if you want to have more. And then you could even ask yourself, okay, I'm noticing that I want to have more. Why is that? And do I like that reason? Do I love that reason? Is that a reason that I want to keep eating the ice cream or not? Next, you're going to want to keep track of your responses and just kind of the experience as a whole, maybe in a food journal or like I said, if you like to do more of the voice recording so that you can really go back to not only um, see your answers and your responses, but so that you can also track your growth in this, right? I know for a lot of people and myself included, when I first started this journey, it felt like there was no way that I would ever be able to have chips in the house without feeling like I have to sit down and eat the whole bag. Now we have chips in the house and oftentimes I don't even think about them. They're, you know, we have them around for a few weeks or they go stale and we throw them out. So it really is a process and you just wanna have something concrete that you can go back and really track your growth, celebrate how far that you've come. And then you can also, like I, I shared, a minute ago, just really see for yourself specifically where your growth is. Notice any thoughts of judgment or self-criticism. Watch out specifically for feelings of guilt or shame or just any of those intense emotions. Jot all of those down and then maybe come back to it later as well. And then you really want to kind of explore what's underneath of that. So why did you feel guilty or why were you criticizing yourself about that food? Why were you kind of beating yourself up for you know, maybe you slipped up, maybe you said, okay, I'm going to have three bites. And instead you had five and then you beat yourself up. Well, why? Right. So you really want to just explore why you're doing what you're doing. 
I promise you though that just the act of neutralizing foods and giving yourself permission to eat them, knowing essentially that you can always have more of it if you truly want to, is a huge first step and will make the exercise that we talked about here so much more effective. Oftentimes, it really is just the belief that the food is restricted or off limits or is bad or that you can only have it at certain times that really makes us want to have it more, but also feel that sense of urgency or feeling like we are out of control around that food. Now, of course, here is the caveat. If you have been diagnosed with a binge eating disorder, I want you to consult with a practitioner that specifically specializes and the care and help that you might be needing with that because there's a little bit of a different mechanism that's happening there and I just wanna make sure that you get the help that you need. That doesn't mean that you can't maybe take some of this, take it to that practitioner or apply it on some level, but for some of us, like once it's kind of crossed into where it is something that's maybe diagnosable or is a little bit more intense, we just wanna make sure that we are getting um, the, the right help and the best help for us where we're at. So that's what I have for you today. Healing your relationship to food, learning how to trust yourself around food and really putting yourself in the driver's seat when it comes to food is going to be huge. And that is not always something that comes super easy. It's something that can take a lot of time. And oftentimes we can really just end up feeling crappy because we feel like we are not doing it right. I just want to encourage you to be patient with yourself, be kind with yourself. Um, maybe approach this as if you were helping your best friend or a child with something, you know, when they're kind of learning something else. Take that same sort of approach with yourself. And if you do not want to do this by yourself, right? You see the value in having somebody else there to really help you kind of go through your brain and see what's happening and, and maybe point out things that you're not seeing, then I want to invite you to work with me. We take these kinds of topics. We take the stuff that we talk, talk about here on the podcast. We go deeper and we apply it specifically to your life, to your goals, and to where you're at. If that sounds like the thing that you are looking for, then you can email alicia at aliciacarlson.com to set up a free consult uh, so that we can really dive in and kind of decide whether or not working together would be that best next step for you. So if you are ready to take this work to the next level, go ahead and email alicia at aliciacarlson.com. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again this week. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day, a lovely week, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye.